the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ion Real Estate. It's December 1st. Winter is upon us. The holidays are here, and there's a lot going on in the real estate market. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert from the law firm of Kasten and Kasten, and unfortunately, Dottie is not with us today, but she'll be back next week. We have a wonderful show talking about current events, where the finances are going, what kind of new developments and innovations are happening in the industry, what's happening with how brokers work and use technology. And I have two wonderful guests joining me today. For our first hour, I'll be joined by Michael Piazza, the VP of Growth and Development for Quintessential Mortgage. And then for the second uh, half, I'll be joined by Michael Huxon of Club Wealth, who is an innovator, a coach, an instructor for real estate brokers around the country. Uh, we are only going to be 90 minutes today since we will be preempted at the end by Syracuse football, so we have a lot to get in. Mike Piazza, good morning. Thanks for joining. Good morning, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving and you're getting ready for uh, some plans for Christmas and New Year's. Oh, I definitely am. It is the season of stretchy pants, so and I am practicing and testing that theory completely and totally. So we are Excellent. ready to go. Excellent. You know, when we get to this time of year, you start realizing where the sort of nooks and crannies in the house are, where you can sort of wrap the gifts for the kid and also hide them, and then also realize, like when we were younger, that we knew exactly where the parents were hiding them anyway. And, um, you know, you get a chance to really know everything around your house. But, you know, I want to take a step back and just look at the news market. We have been on a roller coaster um, of interest rates the last couple of years. And the good news about a roller coaster is it's not always up. You sometimes go down. Mike, can you talk about what's been going on this last couple of months and where things seem to be trending with rates and other things? Most certainly. It, a roller coaster is, the, is the, probably the most gentle way you can describe it. It's been, for the last three to three and a half years, it's been exactly that. We saw bottoms that we've never seen in our lifetime, and we've seen highs that some of us have never seen before. And those of us who have been in the business, like you and I, for well over a couple decades, we, we've seen some of this. We've seen some even higher than what we're seeing now. So it's it's 
the fluctuations are turbulent to say the least and people are frightened people are scared not only buyers or realtors mortgage lenders everybody title companies everybody's frightened because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so it's been interesting is a nice way to put it um 20 2020 part of 21 was an, an anomaly and then what's happened over the last 19 months is another anomaly going in the exact opposite direction. It's been unbelievable. You know, you're exactly right. I mean, with certain service providers, you've mentioned mortgage, broker, and title insurance. I'll, I'll start with the title insurance. I mean, nationally, most of the title companies, and again, whenever you sort of nationalize statistics, there's, of course, local pockets that buck the trends one way or the other. But I would say the national average is you're seeing a double-digit drop in the amount of title insurance transactions, and you're seeing some changes in the industry there. There's definitely an issue in transactional volume, which I want to touch on. But before we get to it, could you talk a little bit about rates? Because, you know, people are talking about rates going up, but seems maybe a little bit going down, and, and sort of some of the pressure points and what you're seeing in pricing out these loans. Certainly. So we started off the year on an upward trend. We were in the sixes and it was almost tolerable. And then we kept seeing that roller coaster climbing up the hill. So you'd see six and a half, then you'd see seven, then you were seeing seven and a half. And then at one point we actually peaked at the national average being upwards of 8%. And you're seeing borrowers that were once qualified for a particular purchase price and price range, no longer being able to be qualified for it because of the enormous jump in rates over a 19-month window. So over the last month, we've seen that peak, and we're starting on that downward trend. Now, how long that trend is going to last, we don't know. We have a running joke in the office that says the rates are going to come down on Monday. We just don't know what Monday it is. And, but recently, over the last three to four weeks, we've seen a pretty significant drop compared to the highs that we've seen this year, um, like I said, upwards of 8%. Now you can actually see a six starting off your interest rate. Now, am I saying that we're seeing 6% on the nose? No, we're not there yet, but we're in the high sixes. And it's making it a little bit more tolerable for those buyers that were sitting on the edge saying, you know what, I'm just going to wait a minute for the rates to drop. And now they're jumping in. The uptick in business and new contracts that we've seen is pretty impressive. And not only that, you're seeing a little bit of a resurgence in the refinance market too because there were many, many people. Oh, God. Yeah, so let's talk for a second about refinances, and then we'll shift to purchases. You know, what's the last, like, six, nine months, you know, unless if you had a very good reason or need or some life event, if you took those deals out, you had close to 0%, I would say, refinances. So tell me about who putting aside those sort of unique circumstances, because that can always buck the trend. I'm very curious right now to see who are the people saying, okay, are there the people who would say I bought at eight and now I can get six and a half percent I'm refinancing? 
are they a little concerned of, am I doing it too early? Should I wait longer? And talk a little bit about what people should consider in trying to sort of do the math and figure out where sort of that break-even point is. Because, you know, I find when we're at these moments that people are always like, I'm afraid to miss the opportunity, and, and I'm scared that I'm going to regret it six months from now when maybe the rates might be 5.75 instead of 6.5. So tell us a little about some of the conversations you're having like this. Sure. So a lot of the conversations are you're not seeing the rate and term refinance, which is just somebody who is strictly going to refinance their current mortgage to lower their interest rate and lower their monthly payment. You're not seeing too many of those. What you're seeing a lot of now is the cash out refinances where people are looking at and saying, okay, we're not in the eights anymore. We can still get something into the sixes. And we're going to take some cash out to consolidate debt, do renovations on their homes, um, doing for whatever reason was. I mean, one unfortunate reason why a lot of people were refinancing over the last 19 months was divorce. It's it's a big deal. I think the national average now is 70% of marriages end in divorce. So a lot somebody has to buy somebody out. So you would see a lot of divorce refinances, divorce-driven refinances, I should say. So, but now the trend is the cash out to do the home improvements, to actually look into purchasing a an investment property or possibly even a second home where people who missed that boat during the, and I'm throwing up air quotes when I say COVID era, of the 2020 and 2021 years and now people are getting back into it. The hard part about this is the house prices haven't followed suit. The house prices haven't dropped. And in some pockets, uh, I was reading an article yesterday that over the next 14 months in certain par- parts of the area, you're going to see a 10% increase in home values. It's tremendous. That you would now, before, that before we get there... And I think that's a great, great point. I want to mention one thing to our listeners. Very important to hear the circumstances and, and issues that Mike is talking about in the motivation behind refinancing. Very, very important, and I've seen a lot of homeowners get into trouble on this, is what is tax deductible from your home mortgage interest versus not. And the IRS is very, very clear that the, to take advantage of the home mortgage interest deduction, it has to be what we call acquisition indebtedness, which in the IRS version of English means you either get the mortgage when you buy or very close to the amount of time when you buy. You could close in cash and then refinance shortly thereafter within 90 days, or you refinance and borrow more and that money you use, that extra money that you cashed out, is used for capital improvements in your home that you have the mortgage on. If you meet one of those three tests, as long as your loan is not above $750,000, all of the interest you're paying is going to be tax deductible to you. It still might be a great move to consolidate and pay off that higher interest credit card debt or cash out on your primary to buy another property. But I do want to warn people, 
if you don't get that refinance mortgage for the right reason, that new indebtedness may not be tax deductible and actually will not be tax deductible to you. And what throws a lot of people off is that every year in February, they get what's called a 1098 from the bank, which just says how much interest they paid on that loan in the past calendar year. And they mistakenly think, oh, well, that's how much I can deduct. Not necessarily true. That form all it says is how much interest you paid. It's up to the taxpayer in consultation with their tax professional to determine how much is deductible. So it can still be a great strategy to cash out refinance on your primary residence for other reasons, but be mindful and don't think automatically everything is a tax write-off. Right. I get to ask that question often, and I tell everybody that everyone's scenario is different, and you need to consult your tax preparer and accountant, CPA, whomever, to know for certain, because everybody's tax bracket is different. Everybody's situation is different. So, And I'm not a tax preparer. I'm not a CPA and or, and or a tax attorney. So I tell everybody, look, you need to speak to your tax professional to tell you exactly how this is going to work for you. Exactly. You know, everyone, it's the key is there's a lot going on and you want to make sure people are in the right lanes for you and, and don't be afraid to hire the right professional. Now I want to talk about, before we, we cover the tax issue, I want to go back for a second to cover a topic that you're about to get into, you know, and there were a couple economic reports from the National Association of Realtors. And in October, pending home sales dropped one and a half percent from September and that turned out to be the lowest number of ever recorded uh, sales in a month since 2001. Now, keep in mind, this is national, so local markets could be radically different. It also noted that in the four major regions of the U.S. in which NAR divides up the country, there is an 8.5% year-over-year decline in the volume of transactions. Um, but what's interesting is that even though the number of transactions have declined, there's an inventory issue. And I very much want to note that a big part of the problem is that inventory, lower, inventory levels are significantly lower than they've been historically, which is why, and we'll talk about the pricing point, Mike, that you were mentioning just a couple of minutes ago, that they haven't really declined at all. And what's really interesting, and one of the things that you always get worried about in supply and demand, is, well, wait a minute. If we have fewer transactions and inventory is lower, what's going to happen if inventory goes up, right? If inventory and supply goes up, are prices going to increase, decrease, or drop? But here's the interesting thing that they found. In those sub-markets that have had a higher inventory, home sale prices were actually going up. And what's interesting, for properties priced at 750000 or higher, where in markets where there was more inventory, there were more deals and prices were rising. So what's really interesting is that more inventory does not necessarily equate to lower prices. And, Mike, that gets back to your point that you're saying of where – some of the information that you're seeing 
about prices going up in 2024. It definitely is. And you're seeing this with the potential of new inventory and more inventory that we've seen in quite some time. And the that coupled with this recent decrease in interest rates, you're looking at it and saying, wow, this is, we may see a, a, a wonderful year in 2024. Now, the issue is going to be what definitely is going to happen to these purchase prices. Are they going to increase? Are they going to stay the same? Unfortunately, you can't give a a broad brush answer and you have to say that it depends. It depends on the market. So now those people that were once looking for that $750,000 house, well, they may be able to qualify for that with this recent drop of rates, but that $750,000 house may not be $750,000 anymore. And that's, that's the question mark in the, the position that we're in uh, looking at it, the mortgage side of things saying, well, this is, this could be frightening. It could backfire and it could turn another way for us. So it, unfortunately to say that it, we're definitely going to have a banner year next year is it, it might be premature. But we, it may happen with all of the analysts and the gurus and the people who are looking through their crystal balls, and their crystal ball is clear. We may have a great year next year, which would be tremendous for everybody that we spoke about earlier, the realtors, the attorneys, the mortgage companies, the title companies. The realtors, the buyers, the buyers that were sitting on the fence may actually jump off now. They jump off the fence and get into this game that we get to play every day. Exactly. And what I would say is now is the time to really take a look and really know your local market. Because we're using this general information, but these are the things to look at. You know, if you look at things closely, right, if you go to the same supermarket week after week or the same gas station week after week, you know the price that you've been paying. And you've seen it when it's been ticking up, and you can see when it's ticking down or they're having a sale and a special. So now is the time to really have a great understanding of your local market. And I want to talk about something for affordability and I want to talk about how mortgage lenders look at it, and that's the example of a two- or a three-family home. And that has been a model that many people historically have used to help with affordability. You're able to have the dream of home ownership, and you own it, and you have a place to live. At the same time, you have one or two tenants who are there who are providing income to actually help make it affordable. But, you know, Mike, I've also seen it where we have clients looking at both single family and a two or a three family, and the lenders have different programs. So I know we're about to come to a quick commercial, but when we come back from the break, I just want to have you explain a little bit of how lenders look at a single versus two or three family and some of the program guidelines. We're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert, and we're joined by Mike Piazza of Quintessential Mortgage. More after this break.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's hard to believe, but the holidays will be here before we know it. So why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with absolutely every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and onto sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit NewYorkCruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first-class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit NewYorkCruises.com. That's 212-633-1231 or NewYorkCruises.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today, Brosnan Risk Consultants. Founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated, retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you worked so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk Consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years. Operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now 800-590-2180 or go online to brosnanrisk.com B-R-O-S-N-A-N risk.com Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friends, Rob and Danielle Sabah. This Sabah, family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, is where I've gotten cars, my whole family have gotten cars, my friends have gotten cars, people from all over Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx, they all come to Bay Ridge Honda. You know why everyone I know goes to Bay Ridge Honda? Because Rob Sabah and his team are the best and most trusted in the business. Tis the season to celebrate with happy Honda days going on now at Bay Ridge Honda. No payments until March, March of 2020. 24 lowest prices of the year selling under msrp this month brand new 2024 hondas in stock and ready for delivery your favorite honda models like the great accord the hrv the crv and more be sure to ask the staff at bayridge honda about the bayridge plus package that will have your new or used car covered visit bayridge honda 4th avenue and 88th street in brooklyn new york or online at bayridgehonda.com the happy honda day sale ends january 2nd 2024 listen to am 970 the answer on alexa tune in iheart or odyssey dot com. 
continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Eye on Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert, and I'm joined with Mike Piazza, VP for Growth and Strategic Development for Quintessential Mortgage. And just before the break, we were really talking about some of the issues for affordability in housing, and particularly for first-time homebuyers. And we were talking about the differences between buying a single-family home versus maybe a two-family or three-family home where you could still have a primary residence but also have some rental uh, income. Uh, And, Mike, can you talk a little bit about how lenders view a single family versus a two or three family differently and also that rental income does it count does it not count in trying to figure out the numbers for being qualified for the mortgage it actually does count thankfully you are able to use a percentage of what the rental income will be on this new purchase the ratio or the the percentage that you're allowed to use is 75% of what the market rent would be for those apartments, whether it's one apartment or two, depending if it's a two-family, three-family, or a four-family unit. So what this allows you to do is use that to qualify for more. It allows you to qualify for more house, which is terrific. Now, here's the cool part. The market rent is not what the current owner is getting. So what will happen is when you do the appraisal, they do what's called a rent schedule on the appraisal. And they, the appraiser, who is a third party, a separate third party, is going to calculate what the market rent is for that size apartment. And when I say size, I mean bedroom count, bathroom count, and square footage. So they're going to do that. So when the underwriter sees the appraisal with that rental income, they will take 75% of that to help towards your qualifying for that mortgage. So I want to I I parse that out a little bit more, which is very, very interesting. And I want to talk about a couple scenarios. Scenario one, a lot of times people who have a two or a three family or four family home and the landlord lives there, they develop a relationship with the tenant. So let's say market rent is $2,500 for that second unit. But that landlord is only charging 2000 because it's been their neighbor for 10 years and they didn't want to raise the rent on them. So even though they're getting the current owner is getting a rent check of $2000 a month and even though at the time of closing that tenant will stay the same at 2000 a month if the appraiser says market rent is really 2500 a month the bank will use the 2500 figure not the 2000 for determining the underwriter correct correct that, I mean that's really interesting because I find that scenario happening a lot because there's that proximity and relationship, and that is really, really helpful um, when trying to price out affordability. Now, I want to take that one step further. If the unit is empty, can I still say, and, and it's still worth 2500 a month as a market valuation for rent, 
even though there's no money coming in, how would the bank look at that? The bank actually will look at it as and, and use that rent. Even though it's empty now, that doesn't mean that you are going to keep it empty as a, as a new home buyer. So they will use that, that rental dollar amount in order to help you qualify for it, which puts you in a great position because most people will get nervous and say, oh, my God, there's, there's nobody in there. It's not being rented at the moment. That's okay. That's okay because you're going to be able to rent it once you get into the property. Okay, so now I'm going to ask one more question. What about your true first-time home buyer? Never owned real estate before, has no property management experience, never been a landlord. You'll still look at it the same way. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have programs out there that allow you to do just that and be a first-time home buyer and able to use that rental income. Fannie Mae just released a new program on November 18th to the general public that not only allows you to use the rental income, but allows you to put down as little as 5% towards a down payment on for this, prop, for this particular multifamily home that you're looking to purchase. That was actually my next question, because sometimes I've seen historically that they will allow lower down payments for a single family, but require more down for a two, three, or four family home. So what you're saying now, that sort of difference that has been there historically is really gone. You can still do the same lower down payment on the two, three, four families you can do on a single family? Yes, sir. Yep, you can do that, that it is- on... Oh, there's actually a program out there from Freddie Mac that will allow you for a first-time homebuyer to do that 5% and you use the rental income. Fannie just released theirs. It is, if you will, a copycat program of the Freddie Mac program that's been out for quite some time. So this I, is, I think this is very tremendous. I think this is very huge because my, you know, historically, you know, they used the banks used to require a little more down for the for the two, three, or four family than the single family. You know, where maybe, yeah, and, and that extra five, ten percent that people had to put down, let alone not having the lower down payment programs, that really affected people to get the closing, right? A lot of people I saw could afford a two, three, four family once they've closed, but getting to close with that higher down payment was an obstacle. I think this is a really important point that people need to get out there. And, you know, this time of year, when people are spending a lot more time with family, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, winter breaks for the school, etc., a lot of people are talking with family and there's a lot of news. Obviously, we talked about it from the roller coaster of rates, industry changes, and so forth. But I think this is the time of year where, you know, parents are talking to their adult kids and, and cousins and so forth, saying, okay, you're buying a house, you're not. And they're going to bring up things in their own experience. So, Mike, put you on the spot a little bit. It's now the holidays. You're at dinner. Everyone sort of had a glass of wine. And now they're saying, okay, what's going on? Are you buying that house? You're not? Are you looking? And if you were in that conversation and they said, okay, you're the mortgage professional, what are some of the things 
to put into that conversation to really prepare people after New Year's when they start looking. Be careful. That's one important thing. Be careful. Be careful with what you do in terms because credit is one of the most important things that you have to look at. Don't put yourself in a ridiculous position where you're spending a ton of time and using all your credit cards because the higher your balances go, the higher the payments are going to be, which will affect your ability to qualify. If you want, don't be careful when it comes to financing big ticket items, new cars. Um, if you need to get new furniture, you wait because any new debt like that is going to affect your scores tremendously and drop potentially drop your credit scores significantly which could push you out of qualifying for that particular mortgage. So, but now hold on a second. Now hold on a second. What about all those great offers, transfer balances, don't pay interest for six months or 12 months, and now the new thing, right? I remember when I was younger, we had layaway. You showed up to the store, you paid a few bucks each week, the store held on to it, and then all of a sudden the holidays happened, you paid it off, and then you got what you were buying. Now we have this new thing called afterpay, where you get the product now and you pay it later, exactly how and when, it varies a little bit. But now how does all that work with debt-to-income and your credit score? Are people making mistakes by saying, hey, I just did my holiday shopping, I didn't put a penny out of pocket, my bank account's the same. Mike, can I get the same mortgage with the afterpay and the zero balance transfer and all this stuff, or are you going to hold that against me? What do you tell them? It depends. It depends. And I know that's a terrible answer because it's, it's so not specific. You, 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 you just want to leave them on a cliffhanger. That's what we lawyers do. But unfortunately, we have another commercial break. So we're going to parse this out. You don't want to miss it because this could make the difference of qualifying or not qualifying with your mortgage. More and I in real estate after this commercial break. For 25 years, Invite Health has been leading the way in wellness with our extensive line of dietary supplements. With our brand new state-of-the-art website, we now offer new everyday low prices. Save even more with our brand new subscription plan. Stay tuned to learn about new and exciting offers and services. Remember, free shipping on orders over $35. We have made it our business to support you in your health journey. From everyday health tips to detailed genetic testing, 
Invite Health has a team of experts to help you achieve your health goals. Reach out to us now to speak to one of our nutrition experts or to schedule a consult by calling 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Contact Invite Health today to learn more about getting healthy and staying healthy. 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two Two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six pack towel set for only thirty nine ninety nine with promo code Joe P. That's a fifty percent savings. Go to mypillow.com. Call eight hundred six five one zero seven nine eight. Use the promo code Joe P to save fifty percent on the MyPillow six pack towel sets. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year of partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. The Arthur Idala Power Hour. Weeknights at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM970. TheAnswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Eye on Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert, and I'm joined with Mike Piazza from Quintessential Mortgage. And just before the break, we were setting up the scene. It's the holidays. It's dinner. You've had a nice glass of wine. And then all of a sudden, mom and dad say, stop paying rent, buy that place, get a move on. And we're trying to parse through all the different things to think about. Mike, please save 
our, our, our friend from this dinner, from his parents, for giving him a hard time of saying, why haven't you bought a place yet? Make the magic happen. What else do they need to know to get that loan? What they need to know is make sure that they're minding their P's and Q's. And when I say that, we touched on it earlier as far as credit is concerned. You've also got to take into consideration job. If you're looking to change jobs, it's okay. You can, as long as you're staying within the same field. Now, if you're going to go from a W-2 employee, meaning you work for a company, you get a salary, you get your paycheck every other week or every week, depending how often you get paid, and you decide, you know what, I want to go out on my own, I want to be a self-employed borrower, you're putting yourself in a very precarious position at that point in time because you, are at that point, are an unproven commodity. So the banks don't do not look at that favorably at all. So if the goal is to be self-employed, you have to be careful. You have to be careful because if you're going to go and do that right now, that will actually could potentially and will disqualify you from being able to qualify for a particular mortgage. Now, hold on a second. I want, I want to parse that out because you're talking being self-employed. But, you know, we're in sort of the gig economy, and you have people who are consultants and freelancers, and they don't necessarily view themselves as self-employed, right? A lot of people, when they think of self-employed, they think of somebody who owns a business, has a retail store, has employees, right, a different kind of operation. But you have people who are not W-2 employees but more freelancing consultants, and they sort of wrapped up in this too. How is that looked at? So freelance people as such as that are viewed in the eyes of the mortgage world as self-employed. So you're going to go under the same guidelines and scrutiny that any self-employed borrower would be because you're technically, and I'm throwing up air quotes when I say technically, not employed by a company. You may be a contract worker for them, but you're technically not employed by them. So you have to be very careful with it now, a lot of people are have yeah, a. I can say one. Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to say something. If you can parse that, you said a contract worker. Now, right. some of these freelancers, it's sort of month to month. They kind of. I've been there a long time. We know each other. They've always paid. I've been there for years. Some are newer, and some actually have a contract that says guaranteed twelve months, twenty four months. Can you delve into that, too, when talking about the quality of income and how the bank's looking at it? Certainly. Contract, freelance, they, they really fall into the same bucket when it comes to employment with a company um, as far as being self-employed. Now, if you have a contract with a company for two years, for three years, it's looked upon differently. At that point, it's almost looked on, upon as if you are an employee of that company. So the banks will look at that in a, in a little bit of a favorable manner. They're still going to look at you as a self-employed borrower, but there's some cachet to having a contract, a longer-term contract with a company. So, it again, I'm going to throw out the word that I've been, the nonspecific word of depends. It depends on your situation because everybody's situation is going to be different with 
their contracts, if they even have a contract. They could be a month-to-month, they could be a day-to-day or a week-to-week, so it truly depends on that their specific situation. Okay, I'm going to throw in another situation, things to think about. Let's say I'm this freelancer, independent contractor, and I work from home, and I take a home office deduction, and my, you know, some of the utilities I take write-offs on, oh, and the insurance, and buying a new laptop, and I am taking those off as proper business expenses. Is that going to hurt me on my mortgage? Do you look at sort of the gross? Um, do you look at money coming into my bank? Or do you look at my after-tax income? What should I be aware of? And particularly, as we're only a few months away from preparing our tax returns, um, I know on this cold December day, you don't think about spring and April 15th. But as I'm thinking about how to have a tax return that makes the bank happy, are there things I should keep in mind now in running my self-employed, independent contractor, freelancer business that will make the banks happier? Most certainly, because the math that your accountant is going to do, the math that you've been taught growing up is different than my math when it comes to calculating income for a mortgage. So there are certain deductions that you take as a, and I'm throwing up air quotes and I do this a lot, a self-employed borrower, whether it's a Schedule C, whether you file an 1120, whether you file corporation returns, a 1065, it depends. Now, there are deductions that you can that I am allowed to add back in as income. So you had mentioned business use of home. So you take some space in your home. You are allowed to use that deduction, I am allowed to use that, add that back in as income. So it's a, it's a, instead of having a deduction on your tax returns for rent, you have the deduction for business use of home. So in lieu of paying rent to somebody that's not yourself, we are allowed to add that back in, which helps tremendously. Now, we can jump down this rabbit hole and we can go pretty deep with this as far as calculating income is concerned for self-employed borrowers. And being in the position that we are in at Quintessential and being a broker, we are allowed to go shopping. By that, I mean we can go, we are aligned with 57 different lenders. So that allows us to go shopping. And there are what's called alternative programs or non-QM mortgages. So in certain situations, you can use what's called a bank statement loan program, meaning we can use a calculation of the deposits into either your personal or business bank statements to use that as income. And we won't even require your tax returns. And there's a myriad of other programs similar to that that will allow us to use Again, alternative forms of income that are not specifically on tax returns. Which opens up, which opens up for people that, let's say, have a creative accountant who have tremendous amount of deductions, who can, who put themselves in a position where their tax returns are not attractive. And when I say not attractive, I mean not attractive to a mortgage underwriting eye. So you yeah, and that's also very point. important because when we talk about income, because and when I have this conversation with clients, right, not all income is the same. 
You have income W-2. You have income 1099. You have income from a tenant. You have income from an investment portfolio. You have Social Security, disability, pension. All of these are different types of income, and they're not all looked exactly the same way. Some of them have that 25% discount that Mike talked about earlier on rental income in that two, three, or four family. Um, There are other things, and it's really so important that you start the process early when you're talking to your mortgage professional so they can properly categorize that income because you look at it as a borrower. That's the money that's going into my bank account. That is something I may or may not pay taxes on when I talk to my accountant. And the bank is going to look at it in a different way. They're going to look at how stable is that income? What are the risks associated with that income? Do they have to pay money like maintaining the property for the tenant with that rental income? And because of that, the banks have learned over the year that certain income streams either have no discount, you get credit for every dollar on the dollar, and some you get partial credit because there's different strengths and weaknesses and costs associated with it. Now, Mike, I'm amazed to say this, but we're almost out of time for the hour. I want to make sure um, people have your information. And if you could also say, you know, one thing that makes sort of you and your, your, your lender a little bit different than some other folks out in the market. Sure. Well, my name is Michael Piazza. My email address is mpiazza, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, at qmgllc.com. And you can reach me on my cell phone at 914-589-3452. One of the biggest differences with myself and the 57 lenders that we deal with compared to the bigs of the world and a lot of other banks, big or small, and or credit unions, those companies have their little box. And their little box could be very small, could be very large, and could have their own rules and guidelines above and beyond that of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the governing bodies. Whereas I and everybody at Quintessential has the ability to go shopping. We've got 57 different boxes to go pick and choose from. So it allows us to go do that shopping for Mr. and Mrs. Borrower when they're looking for a home. And we can find the right program and tailor it based upon their situation and based upon their tax returns, based upon their bank statements, based upon their credit, based upon their work situation. So in simplest forms, we get to go take that headache away from you as a borrower of having to go around to 10, 5, 10, 12 different banks trying to find a mortgage that they may not have a program for. We do that work for you. Well, that is really, really helpful and I think really important. And, you know, we see that in practice. And it's a bigger conversation than ever before because we're at a market that has a little bit of flux. Rates are in flux. Programs are in flux. And flux, by the way, could mean better. It doesn't mean, oh, it's more difficult. And when we have that with 
inventory, pricing, rates, changes in the way in which people work and have income, it is so important to have that different amount of optionality when you start the process. Because when you go on that unknown road and you're trying to get to a destination, you don't always know what twists and turns you have until you've driven down that road. And having the ability to switch between lenders is critical. I've seen that on transactions, and that's really been the saving grace on many a transactions when people have tweaked properties, tweaked jobs, and so forth. And I also want people to know, and this is where it's so important, when you're engaging your mortgage professional, what it also means that when they switch lenders, because Mike has access to 57 lenders, as he mentioned, not every lender is the same. And when you think about it, there are different types of trade-offs, right? You might have one type of rate and program and optionality if you have being very, very well qualified and a clean file. And then separately, you might have the ability to still get the loan and have this opportunity, but maybe there's a tweak in the rate if, let's say, there are some credit issues or you have certain types of income. And it's really important to have someone on your side, in my opinion, not just a toll-free number where you have a different person pick up the phone every time, but a direct line, and Mike is brave enough, thank you, on a Saturday to actually broadcast his cell phone number. So, Mike, I thank you for that. Um, take advantage of it respectfully. All of our listeners should do it. And, and also realizing, hey, wait a minute, what is really the range? Because when we take these different opportunities on the mortgage side, we have to then revert that back to the contract. And depending upon where you are in the country... What does it mean to have a mortgage contingency? Well, we've talked about this on other shows. The mortgage contingency gives the borrower the opportunity to walk away and get their deposit back in the broad sense if they can't get the loan. But what if you can get the loan, That's di- but it's different in the terms and the rate that you've thought of? Well, this is where having the right seasoned mortgage professional and attorney working in concert to make sure you not only get the home, but you get it in the economics that you thought you are going to get. Mike, thank you so much. Looks like we're up for the first hour, but stick around. We have a great guest for the next hour. More on I in real estate after this break. The preceding hour of programming paid for by three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.